Welcome into another episode of Dads in Time Out. This is your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. Jay Will. And today we're going to dive into the NBA. I know a lot of y'all on here want to hear about the NFL, and there's a lot going on with quarterback movement and such. We've got two weeks to the Super Bowl, or I guess we only got a week now, a week and a half to the Super Bowl. So we'll have time to get into all of that, but I just kind of wanted to jump into the NBA and just kind of give a synopsis of what's happened over the first quarter of the season. Because 18 games in, or 19 for some teams, you know, and some less because of COVID, we're at the quarter mark of the NBA season. And so a lot's going on, but I kind of just want to talk about the depth of the NBA and the title favorites and kind of what's going on in each conference. And I'll have the standings pulled up. And so we'll go ahead and deep dive into the standings in, in the east milwaukee uh, philadelphia's the number one seed right now followed by milwaukee who's won two games in a row in, indiana's third boston's fourth brooklyn's fifth or i got this all wrong guys philadelphia one milwaukee two indiana third brooklyn four boston five cleveland at six but their schedule is going to get much tougher atlanta at seven new york at eight and then you've got bunched up orlando chicago toronto Surprisingly, Charlotte, Miami, 6-11, and 11, which is weird. Detroit and Washington are horrible, um, even with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Surprise, somebody else wants out of Washington or away from Russell Westbrook. Um, in the Western Conference, we got Utah and, at number one. The Lakers, two. And they just lost last night, but they play again tonight. The Clippers, third. Denver, four. They've kind of come on lately. Portland, fifth. Golden State 6, San Antonio 7, Memphis 8, and then you got bunched up Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Dallas. Even right behind them are Houston and Sacramento. New Orleans has been bad this year. They've got a negative 1.9 point differential. And Minnesota, who some people had as a playoff team, which is really weird. And so I guess my point is, is that we knew that the Lakers were going to be good. We probably didn't all realize the Sixers would be this good this early. Though Joel Embiid has been playing like a monster on some nights and other nights he's been really good. And then he's taken a couple games off and then they've played Dwight Howard at center. Um, and they've got a lot of shooting around them. Milwaukee's had trouble early and they don't beat good teams, but they're still hanging around there. You've got Indiana, who's always seems to be a three to six seed in the East. And I know they got Karis LeBert, and I hope he gets over the cancer situation on his kidneys. And you've got Boston, who just has no bench whatsoever. But And everyone keeps talking about Jalen Brown, and I think Jalen Brown's a really good player. But understand that a lot of Jalen Brown's breakout stats have come when uh, Jason Tatum has been out of the lineup. And that's not a shot at Jason Tatum. Or it's not a shot at Jalen Brown. I just think that we have to put some of this stuff in perspective. Brooklyn, they were nine and eight, they or nine and seven, whatever their record was. They've won their last two games. Um, they had that one game where they played good defense against a Miami team without Butler or Hero. My and so I want to talk about some surprise teams. The Miami Heat. Um, maybe they were just made for the bubble. Maybe. Jimmy Butler was able to drag that team. I mean, Bam Adebayo's had flashes of MVP-type play. Their guys seem to be shooting okay, but they they keep losing. What was their record again? Their record is 6-11. and 11. 
Paul Pierce doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs. The East is just so weird because Orlando started out really hot, and then they tailed off. Markel Fultz is out for the year, and I know that makes a lot of people really sad because he was number one and was supposed to be good, and his shot was broken, and best to him. But Orlando, Orlando has one of the most confusing players in the NBA to me, and that's Aaron Gordon, where I just feel like Aaron Gordon – is just one of those players that should be a 20-10 and 10 guy, but he's more of like a 14-9 guy. And maybe it's because of the slam dunk contest stuff. And and I don't know. I don't watch Orlando basketball games because I got a baby and a job and a girlfriend and stepkids and just don't really have that kind of time. Um, I wish I did. Um, and Toronto. Now, Toronto's is easier to understand because there's really nobody on Toronto, in my opinion, that's a superstar. They tried to tell me that Piascal Siakam was going to be a superstar, and he did much improve, but he hasn't done much this year. They've got that uh, Bam Adebayo. No, I'm sorry. He plays for the Heat. Let me me stay focused. Um, So they got Van Fleet, who they gave a bunch of money to. I thought they overpaid him. Um, He's a nice player, but I don't think he's a, a star or even a superstar. And they had that whole culture thing, the same thing that they talk about culture a lot in Toronto and Miami. And culture is not a bad thing, but culture without talent only takes you so far. Point in case, the culture around those defensive Detroit Pistons teams in the mid-2000s. Those teams went to two NBA Finals and won one championship. That the team kind of reached its ceiling. And mind you, they upset a team in turmoil. With Kobe and Shaq and Gary Payton and Carl Malone. And so... And then, obviously, after that, Shaq left, Phil Jackson left, and Kobe didn't make the playoffs the next year. And so, I'm not, I mean, I've always thought that Toronto was well coached, but good coaching in the NBA always seems to, for the most part, unless there's upsets, gets defeated by superior talent. The Cavaliers, I guess, were the worst rated offensive team, but they're nine and nine. They beat the Nets twice. Colin Sexton's an offensive machine. They don't really do a lot on the defensive end. Kevin Love's been out with the strained calf. They're saying he's out till February. Andre Drummond's a double-double machine, but he doesn't really have... I mean, I watched him play a little bit or watched some, some highlights of him against the Lakers and the Nets, and it seems like he has a little bit of offensive repertoire, but he doesn't use it a whole lot. The Celtics are that team, though. I want to get back to the Celtics just because... So they have Kimball Walker, they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, and they have Marcus Smart, who's a really hard-nosed player. But they, Tristan Thompson isn't really a starting center in the NBA to me anymore. He's more of a come-off-the-bench-and-hustle guy. That Daniel Theus guy, I don't, or Theus or Theus or however you say his name, I don't know if he's really any good, but he puts up numbers every once in a while. But the rest of the dudes on that bench, I mean, that's going to be a problem come playoff time. I like Philadelphia in the East. I still think that the Nets are going to be super tough. I mean, they got three superstars, three guys that can take over in the fourth. Though, they also have two guys, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that can shoot you out of a game. Kyrie's hit a big shot in the finals. Kevin Durant's hit two huge shots in the finals. And Kyrie's was huge, too. But James Harden has a tendency to flail out in the finals. And I don't think this 22 points a game leading the league in assists is going to last. I just don't think that's in his DNA. I'm copying that from somebody I know, but we we all sense that. And so what happens when Kyrie gets six shots, six to nine shots in a game? What happens when the Nets go on a four-game losing streak? I know James Harden stuck it out a lot in Houston, but they kept switching out superstar teammates for him. 
He didn't like Dwight Howard. They got rid of Dwight Howard, which, I mean, I see why Dwight Howard can get on your nerves. They got Chris Paul. I see how why Chris Paul could get on your nerves, but Chris Paul's a baller and a leader. And that didn't work. Russell Westbrook lasted a year. Then he wants out of Houston, and he gets to Brooklyn. And so it used to be when LeBron was in the East, everyone talked about how bad the East was and just how LeBron was just waltzing through the East, even though that last year it took every bit of Superman heroics for them to get out of that those series, even against Indiana. And so, and especially against Boston, they had to win the last two games. They were down 3-2. And LeBron just had to become a superhero. Even against Toronto the round before that, I can't remember if they swept them or whatever. I don't remember that series. I just remember, I think I think that's when LeBron finally took their heart and got Dwayne Casey fired. Because they ran Dwayne Casey off that job. And, I mean, his offense didn't really look like an offense. And I'm kind of rambling here just because I love the NBA. And so, Atlanta was a team that has been kind of up and down that a lot of people, including myself, penciled into the playoffs. So the teams that I had in the playoffs out of the East were, I had Brooklyn. This was before they had James Harden, but I mean, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I was like, okay, I had Brooklyn. I had Philadelphia. I had Indiana. I had Boston. I had Milwaukee. Not in this order. I had Atlanta. I had Washington because I just thought the talent would override. And then I had a, who else did I have? So I had Philadelphia. That's one. Boston, two. Milwaukee 3, Brooklyn 4, Atlanta 5, Washington 6. Um, actually, let me just go look at the standings. For our I had Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, Brooklyn, Boston, Atlanta. So I had six of the current eight top eight teams. And Oh, and then I had Toronto and Miami. So I guess I didn't have Washington in the playoffs. Or maybe I had Washington over Atlanta. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was. I thought Atlanta would be a year away. And so I had Washington over Atlanta. That makes me look stupid. But the Knicks are playing tough behind the coaching of Tom Thibodeau, turning Julius Randle into a borderline all-star. So that's very interesting. So I think Philadelphia is obviously good. I think Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, Brooklyn, Boston are shoe-ins for the playoffs. I think Miami will get it together and get into the playoffs. I don't think Cleveland or New York will get into the playoffs. And so really between me, it's what... So, we got Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, Brooklyn, Boston, Atlanta. That's six playoff teams. Seventh would be Miami, and an eighth would be Toronto. I just think that those teams have too much experience. Charlotte's just too weird for me. And so, um, let's move to the Western Conference. Um, I've always been a fan of the Utah Jazz. I mean, always. Even when they were playing the Bulls, I loved Stockton and Malone. I loved it when they had Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer and Andre Karolinko. I, I love... That they, I love Donovan Mitchell as an offensive player. And that team shoots a billion threes and makes a lot of threes. And they have a guy that can take over a game. And it's interesting because I want to talk about them in comparison to the Denver Nuggets. Whereas, so we got to see that awesome playoff series between the Nuggets and the Jazz that went seven. One of those series, Denver came back from 3-1. And I'm just going to say this before I get into the comparison that if Denver decides to get down 3-1 in these playoffs this year, if it's not in a bubble, it's not going to work. Jokic has played like an MVP candidate. He he always can play like an MVP candidate. He's a great passing big man. He's got post moves. He plays hard. Sometimes it seems like he has to work himself into shape, and he plays good defense. The comparison I want to make is I thought that Jamal Murray would be a superstar this year. Now, don't get me wrong. 
when you have Jokic, him, and Michael Porter Jr. all on the same team, Michael Porter Jr. went for 30 the other night. He has a chance to be special if he can stay healthy and if he ever learns to play any kind of defense. Jamal Murray has slipped a little bit in my eyes. And so I would probably take a Donovan Mitchell over a Jamal Murray. Now, Jamal Murray, I think, outkicked his coverage and outplayed his actual NBA career trajectory. I always thought he'd be a very good player coming out of Kentucky. I never thought he'd be a superstar, but I think he can be a star. And if he's the, if he's the number two to Jokic and he's consistent with that, then that works. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. as your third. Now you've got the Bojan. I think it's Bojan Bogdanovich is who the Jazz have. Another one of those guys who shoots threes. The other Bogdanovich went to Atlanta. And this Bogdanovich, I mean, he got hurt last year, and I think that kind of hurt them. Rudy Gobert anchoring that defense from the center position. Joe Ingles has always played well, and then they have the always pesky Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench who has scored bunches of points for the Lakers and for the Cavaliers. So I think those are two very interesting teams. I still think the Lakers are the best team. I think that we're making a mistake by letting the Clippers fly under the radar, though. At moments, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have looked like MVP candidates, and their bench has been good enough. But Nicholas Batum... That guy, since he went to Charlotte, I can't remember where. I think he was, I, I want to say he was in Portland, then he went to Charlotte and he kind of disappeared. And hes they have him in their starting lineup, but he's kind of really has been a non-factor. And so, and then moving Zubak to the bench, Marcus Morris Sr. is doing Marcus Morris Sr. things. Just like his brother is doing Marquise Morris things. And I mean that in a positive way, not when they allegedly, we won't even get into that. That was a long time ago. It's over, so we won't get into that. The Clippers are dangerous, and I think people are overlooking them. Um, Portland has won more games than I thought they would, and I actually didn't have Portland in the playoffs. So in the Western Conference, I had Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. I had Golden State. I had Phoenix, Dallas, and San Antonio in the playoffs. Memphis, I thought, would be right there. Um, and Phoenix is on is eight and eight, so they're they're right there. Oklahoma City's played better than they should have. So okay, so I had let's see, I had Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors, Phoenix, Dallas, and no, I had New Orleans in the playoffs. So so which one of these teams did I not have in there? I know I had Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. Uh oh, I didn't have Golden State because uh they got hurt. So I had Utah Clip I had Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Denver. Uh, San Antonio, Phoenix, Dallas, and New Orleans. New Orleans is also making me look dumb, or maybe Stan Van Gundy's making me look dumb. And I apologize for looking at that and getting a little sputter spatter with the teams that I had picked. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Um, San Antonio is another weird team that has a lot of underrated talent, and I don't think can win a playoff series. Phoenix, if Aiton stays consistent, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul work out, because Devin Booker's not having to score 50 points a game. And then I think it's Michael Bridges is who they have. I always get the Bridges guys confused. They look good. Dallas is one of those disappointing. So before we get to Dallas, let's talk about Portland. So CJ McCollum's hurt. Of course, Yerkich is hurt again. It seems like he's always getting hurt. And maybe it's just been two years in a row, but he's hurt again. And the big talk is a lot of people on Twitter are mad at Terry Stotts because he's playing a lot of Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor because they're both very, very good offensive players still. Yes, Carmelo, he he is perfect in Portland. 
he gets to be Carmelo Anthony without the volume. He's, they're not putting him in the corner to shoot threes like they were in Houston. And he's able to just kind of like be Carmelo and play enough defense. Ennis Cantor can't guard anybody. I don't know if Ennis Cantor could guard me. He probably could, but he, he, he doesn't play defense. He never has. Dame Lillard has always been special. He's a superstar. I don't care what anybody says. Dame Lillard is a superstar. And CJ McCollum is a star. CJ McCollum was balling before he got hurt. If those two dudes could ever consistently ball at the same time, there's a reason they went to the Western Conference playoffs. Yes, I know LeBron was out. But that team is interesting. Memphis, it's John Moran and a bunch of other dudes. I think that they're a couple pieces away. And I like John Moran. John Moran is great for the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans are puzzling to me. And maybe it's because we got so excited that when they traded Anthony Davis, they got Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram. And Brandon Ingram's turned into a what looks like a perennial all-star team. But who is the best player on that team? Is it him or is it Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson is doing what Zion should do in 32 minutes or however much. He's, he's having like 32 or 33 minutes a game. And he's basically giving you 24 and 7, which people say the rebounding should go up. Remember, he's undersized for his position height-wise. So he's never going to be a, a, a 10 to 12 rebound guy. He just isn't. And once again, I haven't watched a lot of their games. But Lonzo is so inconsistent. The court vision, yeah, you can say that all day long. Then they have Eric Bledsoe, who we saw his movies when he was with Milwaukee in the playoffs. So I just I just think that team should be better than what they are. And you'd have to go look at the schedule. But, it, I mean, it seems like they lost the game to the Timberwolves without Ant- Carl Anthony Towns. And D'Angelo Russell is what D'Angelo Russell has always been, a talented dude, but he's not... He doesn't carry a team. Golden State is Steph Curry and a bunch of dudes. And by a bunch of dudes, yes, I mean Draymond Green. Draymond Green is in a bunch of dudes category. There's nothing special about him anymore. He was special because he was a, because those pieces in Golden State fit so well together, especially in 2016. And I know that's a team, and, and, well, 15 and 16. The first two years against the Cavs before they got Kevin Durant. When you had Iguodala and Sean Livingston, and you had Draymond, and you moved Bogut to the bench, and you had Steph and Clay and David and David West whenever he showed up there. Then they had Mo Spates, just Mo Spates. That's all I'm gonna say is Mo Spates. <laughs> and so they had they had a they had a group of guys that really worked together. So Draymond could be the pesky leader guy, and he was open a lot, so he would shoot threes and make them. He he was killing the Cavs in Game Seven in the 16 Finals. From three. But that doesn't work when it's just when Steph's the only real offensive player they have. Kelly Oubre has been god awful. Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he he's a bust for being the number one pick, but he's not a bust as an NBA player. I mean, he's gonna he 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 scores 18 to 20 points. And I guess he's playing better on defense from what I hear. The Dallas Mavericks are very confusing. Luka Doncic can average a triple-double, and it looks like they're going to either miss the playoffs or be a 7 or 8 seed again. They were supposed to take a leap. I'm not going to say it's Carlisle's coaching, and the Dallas Mavericks fans are going to yell, they just got KP back. I have not seen extended stretches except for in the early playoffs before he got hurt and in the bubble where KP and Luka Doncic have proven they can sustain success together. 
statistically and in the win-loss column. And so this is a lot of NBA stuff I've just wanted to get off my chest. The Lakers look like the Lakers. Yeah, they lost to the Sixers, but LeBron basically didn't do anything in the fourth quarter, and they almost won the game. And he's still at 32. And LeBron is just managing the regular season. He blows up when he wants to. I mean, I mean that on the court, like blows up and like does good things. Not like he blows up at people. And then Anthony Davis has just been inconsistent and off, like missing free throws and getting 19 and 18 points. Like he'll have a big first quarter where he's getting all these touches. And then like he's shooting like 18, 19 foot jumpers. Anthony Davis was supposed to be an MVP candidate this year. He's nowhere near that. But the Lakers are fine. Because the Lakers just need to get healthy, get to the playoffs, and keep... Every time I look at Montrez Harrell, he's running his butt off and playing hard and getting buckets. Schroeder's been inconsistent offensively, but he can go and get you buckets. That was one thing they didn't have last year, was guys that could go and get you buckets. Rondo can get you buckets in the playoffs in spurts. But they now have guys that can get buckets off the bench. Danny Green was a shell of himself last year. Alice Caruso is just a good story. That Taylor Horton Tucker guy, actually got his name right, THT as they call him, he, he is what he is. He, he, he's a nice little player. And, and I mean, he's a really good player because he's in the NBA. But in the NBA, he, he's a good bench player. He, he's good for them, but he's undersized and he's built weird. But the Lakers and, and Marcus Gasol, I mean, I don't really know... I feel like they're going to have to play Marcus Gasol less in the playoffs and rely on him more for just leadership and to, to, to fill up space. They got Marcus Gasol two years late. The Clippers are fine. We'll see in the playoffs. We'll see if Ty, we'll see what Ty Lue does with a team without LeBron. But Kawhi's played a lot of games. Paul George has been good. Houston is a team that is going to be pesky for a lot of opponents. But John Wall and Eric Gordon, and Marcus Cousins. And, of course, P.J. Tucker. Everyone loves P.J. Tucker. He's an NBA dude. P.J. Tucker. So the NBA has just been fascinating, even though a lot of people are like, oh, the NBA doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter until March. I'm intrigued because that's why they have these nationally televised games. So my biggest takeaways as a recap are the Sixers are better than I thought they were. Boston doesn't have a bench, and I don't think they should get rid of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But at some point, you got to look at Brad Stevens. The Milwaukee Bucks are who I thought they'd be. I think that their two-year window is closed. We'll see with the Nets, but their top-end talent is undeniable. And those are really... And Miami's been disappointing, but I think Miami was never a real title contender. I always thought Miami... Jimmy Butler is a nice star, but Jimmy Butler is not a superstar. That's really my takeaways from the East. And Washington's been terrible and Bradley Beal wants out. Let's see where he goes. That can change the entire season. In the Western Conference, the Lakers are exactly where I thought they'd be. So are the Clippers, who are somehow under the radar. The Dallas Mavericks and New Orleans Pelicans have been extremely disappointing. The Suns are still figuring it out. And the Utah Jazz, I think, are one piece away. Even though they have shooters, they need... A guy that is not Jordan Clarkson that can go get you buckets and give you something on the defensive end for stretches of time. Quinn Snyder is a really good coach. Portland is a first-round exit unless they make a move. 
they I think their ceiling is maybe a second round playoff game. Denver, everyone keeps talking about the next step with them, but Paul Millsap is, I guess, super old now. So that's my NBA takeaways right now. And the MVP is way too early to talk about an MVP. Except the fact that if the Dallas Mavericks don't get it together, Luke is not going to get it because they're not good enough in the standings. So this has been the NBA talk. I hope you liked it. If you didn't, well, I'm glad you still listen. And this has been another episode of Dads in Time Out. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will. And until next time, I'm signing off.